Welcome to the Drag Me to the Movies podcast. I'm Ned. I'm Joe. And uh, we're joined by a special guest. He goes by the Warlock of Wi-Fi. Would you like to say anything about yourself, sir? Hi there. This is Jason, Warlock of Wi-Fi, member of the Music City Film Critics Association, and your best friend when it comes to movies. Oh, your best friend, you say? You guys ask me. Now, so, is, yeah. he, is, he, is he out showing us right now? I think he's trying to. He's whipping out that critic dick. <laughs> Sir, put that away, please. Trust me, if I could use this for credit, <laughs> I'd be already over the, all over that. <laughs> all right, well, and already the podcast is off the rails. Indeed. It wasn't my fault this time. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I, I'll take credit for that one. All right. Well, in this episode, we're going to discuss the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. Directed by Toby Hooper, and it stars a few people, a lot of unknown actors at the time, I would say. Uh, Edwin Neal, Gunnar Hansen, Jim Sadow. So we got, we got some uh, names in here, but I digress. Uh, so Warlock and Joe, what did you think? Well, first off, you know, you, you forgot one of the most important names in that I, list. I did. I mean, Marilyn Burns. No, even no. more important. Mr. Night Court. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. The that guy who is... was paid, who guy who was paid in marijuana to do that opening voice yes. work. <laughs> John Marquette did the voice narration for the opening. And was paid a joint. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Wow. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's... You didn't uh, know that? No, no. I mean... No, well, there, there you go. Nineteen, the seventies were a hell of a time, huh? That's <laughs> crazy. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Warlock, if you're right with, it, I think I'll start off since I'm I'm the most uh, uh, blind coming into this, and then uh, you guys want to uh, add in whatever whatever your thoughts are. Um, but I I think to give some backstory here, uh. Mr. Warlock Wi-Fi and Dangerous Mix and I, uh, Ned, Jason, and I have been playing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game that came out recently. Uh, at the time of this recording, it's been out for what, maybe two months, somewhere in there. Yeah. And so uh, the game, if you're not familiar, basically puts you uh, much like Dead by Daylight um, and other games like that, where there's a killer versus the survivors kind of thing. And uh, in this game, you play as either a family member uh, or you play as, you know, the teens or or whatever their age are uh, trying to escape the family. And so this was my that game was my first uh, interaction with that movie or the concept of the movie. So that's all I knew about this going or going into this. That being said, I kind of wish I hadn't played the game before I watched this because I feel like there were some perhaps uh, twists or at least intended twists that I already knew were going to happen because of them being playable characters in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, with like the cook, for instance, he uh, he's the owner of the gas station, which probably if I hadn't played the video game, would have just thought he was like an innocent, you know, gas station owner. Uh, Cause he definitely doesn't portray a killer at all. Sure. He's a little creepy, but a lot of the people are creepy in this, which, I think starting off with my my first uh, 
thought about this movie is they really portray uh, the South, specifically Texas, as there's a lot of crazy hillbilly types uh, in that area. Well, at least that's you family. Know, well, not only that, but like the uh, the people at the cemetery the whole, just chilling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like that. That's kind of creepy too. Yeah, uh, there's I mean, reasons like, for that. Well, Texas, I get it. Um, no, no, like they were kind of talking <laughs> about like in that intro about how people are robbing graves and stuff. And I just kind of looked at it as there's people there either working or protecting it or chilling in, in the hot sun. Yeah, I guess I, I was more referring to the dude who's like drunk and talking to himself. Uh, oh, well, yeah. laying on the ground. Yeah, I mean, heat, heat uh, stroke is a horrible thing. <laughs> and here we are laughing at it. Mm-hmm. That's true. People. All right, now I feel like shit. Thanks. Thanks, Jason. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking of like the film overall, I thought was well done. Uh, I want to call out specifically how well they handle. I don't know how to describe this, but mental illness in a way for like murderous mental illness. I, I don't know how to characterize it better uh, than that. Perhaps you guys can give it some better uh, verbiage, but the like the guy who plays the hitchhiker. Oh, my God. He does such a great job being a crazy, crazy person. Honestly, uh, I, I think he's one of my favorite characters in the movie. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Honest, honestly, the, everyone in the family, I think, did a really good job of being creepy. Like, uh, you know, they call him the, uh, the old man in the movie credits but the cook is what i'm going to name him based off the video game but he he does a good job kind of playing as like uh like kind of the mastermind behind the family not even a mastermind but like the matriarch i guess even though grandpa really is but he's kind of like the eldest or the elder at the time and so he's like threatening to beat up leatherface and hitchhiker over everything um he's using that boomstick Right, but he also he also has this real creepy laugh and also seriousness, which is very very polarizing. Um, you know, for instance, when he when he captures the girl at the end, and you know he's like, "Oh, don't 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 cry, you'll be fine." And then he, then he like smiles and he like gets real creepy and he starts beating her with the broomstick and like poking uh-huh. her with it, and then he's like, "Oh no, you, you don't you'll be fine, you'll be fine," and then he gets real serious. And starts smiling again, starts poking her with the broomstick again. Like just oh, so creepy and mental illness deriving mm-hmm. stuff. Oh. Almost like a um weird bipolar behavior. Yeah. Exactly. Um so at first let's let's start with that as a talking point. How do you guys feel about the whole portrayal of this this dysfunctional, like murderous family? Like I, I, I honestly think this is like one of the most top notch uh portrayals i've seen in a movie yeah i mean it's honestly meant to kind of be that um like overall this movie is not like a lot of people kind of give it the strong r rating but there's not a lot of gore in this movie uh there's a lot of stuff that's kind of i guess subjective and most people filled in with their own mind what happens yeah that's that's exactly what this movie is uh leads you to believe it's you know again there's not like you said there's not a lot of blood in this movie the movie is legitimately one of the most non-bloody gory movies out there 
everything is done just off screen or there's quick cutaways from something so that your mind thinks like when Leatherface puts the girl on the hook in the uh, kitchen, Mm -hmm. you know, they show him carrying her in there from the hook's point of view. Then they show him picking her up. Then they show the hook as a close up. Then they show the hook just behind her shoulder and then it cuts and now she's on the hook. Yep. It's all mind games. It's mind fuckery, as they uh, say. Right. Yeah. And, and honestly, the director was going for a PG rating with this, but just due to how like people who screened it they mm-hmm. gave it the R because of how disturbing it was. Well, and it was also it was also the very first major horror film that ever had a, a, a character with a weapon, like a machinery weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, before this, you didn't have, you know, a slumber party massacre with the guy with the nail gun or. Right. You didn't have anything like this. And, you know, from, a, you know, it, 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 it put chainsaws on the market as, you know, the ultimate killing weapon, which thank God for that, because chainsaws are cheap in the haunted house business. Mm, nice. All you got to do is just put some gas in them, turn them on. People mm-hmm. lose their mind. Take the chain yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely. Wait, what? Wait, take take the take, chain take, off. Oh well, yeah. If you want to like, safety first. If you want to go that route, I mean, you can. Right? <laughs> We're going for authentic here, right? So yeah, I let's let's talk a little bit about the um, the chainsaw. So you're right. In in a lot of films, they portray like machetes, you know, even guns at some point, right? Or, or not in this movie, but in general, like a lot of these these killer uh, being hunted movies, right? What I appreciate about the chainsaw is it adds a new dimension to Leatherface and that like doors don't just stop him. You know, the shrubbery that she's running through to try to lose him is not stopping him uh, because this this is like a almost a Swiss pocket knife <laughs> kind of tool for him to utilize either as a killing machine or as a way to make his way to his victim or um, to elegate dance with that's true that's true which he does a good job at mm-hmm. now um, one one thing i always liked about that speaking of that is uh gunner hansen's uh story about the night that they were shooting the chase scene where he's chasing her through the the brush and if you'll notice in the movie he could easily catch up to her because she's like she just ran so slow god bless her she just couldn't run fast and here I am running behind her with a real chainsaw. It had blades and everything on it. And I'm like having to stop every couple of minutes and like, like pretend like I'm doing something, like cutting something. So it's like, oh, Leo, I guess I'll trim the trees over here for a second, trim some bushes over here while she gets up <laughs> and runs some more. And then there's a part where she makes a right turn and runs towards, I believe, the uh, gas station. And you'll see. Leatherface come in, he kind of like, overshoots her and then has to come back like Keystone Cop type thing, like and have to come back because the ground was wet mm-hmm. from morning dew. And when he was running, he was slipping and he didn't want to slip and drop the chainsaw on himself. Right. If so he he's like fall. having to like run way out and then cut back in so that he didn't make sharp turns and possibly slip with a chainsaw in his hand. Yeah. Which he does in the movie. Yeah. yeah, well, he, he doesn't really get he he, he, he doesn't slip. He gets sm- yeah, he gets hit in the face with a wrench. I think that that probably uh, which yeah, like they had a metal plate and some meat underneath his uh, wardrobe there, but like he had it there for so long that it heated up that he actually thought he did 
cut off mm-hmm. a part of his leg. Uh-huh. So that's oh, wow. that's insane. I can't like him screaming there. Yeah, that's legit. <laughs> There's a lot of there's a lot of legit stuff mm-hmm. in that movie as far as Indeed. actors not acting that they just were like the grandpa scene. Yes. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah. So you mean at the end when they're at the supper table? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because there were parts um, where they like in the behind the scenes where they talk about how like she wasn't giving the performance that they needed, and they had take they had done the take like four or five times and it's a hundred degrees outside they're inside this house they have to shut all the windows and black them out so the heat is trapped inside the house and it's hot outside well the cameras they were using were also like i think 25 iso which even at like a hundred iso a bright room is going to look dark so they had those lights cranked up and they had meat on the tables and that was cooking and so everybody's Everybody's just getting so pissed off because she's not mm-hmm. getting the thing, and l- they needed her to scream. And so, like, I think either Leather or Gunnar Hansen or somebody literally like hurt her while she was sitting in the chair to get a response out of her. Yeah, that they, they wanted. Cut, they cut her finger that uh, you know Grandpa ends up sucking on. Like they actually cut her for that. Oh damn! Yeah, yeah, because she just wasn't giving up. You know, everybody's tired. It was like. Over a hundred degrees. They've been filming like seven days a week, sometimes sixteen hours a day. And you know, they weren't getting paid jack. I think what 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 was it they got paid? They got paid like something they had to split eight thousand dollars between the the cast. Yeah. It was is rough. And then like even um Franklin, him rolling down the hill was like his last scene they were shooting. He's like, I'm not doing it unless you put a check in my hand. And I think in the film you actually see the check in his pocket. Once he's down at the bottom of the hill. Oh damn! Yeah, they 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 yeah they they got paid jack for it. Now now they did get some money weed. later. They got weed, they, but they got that. But they also got some money later when it when uh after the lawsuit against because uh, you know the company that distributed this film was owned by the mafia. Yeah. So they ended up filing a lawsuit against that distributing company, and I think they uh, they got an additional twenty five thousand dollars off of the lawsuit. So everybody pretty much walked away with a little over a grand total. Yeah, and, which is not a lot, but would they would yeah. they have had royalties at this point, or was that not probably a not probably no. not because I mean the the lawsuit was in like the late seventies because it turned out that the mafia was using that distribution company to launder profits uh, from their endeavor into porn. Uh, yeah, you, you heard the. You've heard the movie. You guys talk about this. It gets like crazier. (laughs) Yeah. Have you heard the movie Deep Throat? Remember that that famous uh, porn movie? I've heard of it. I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. Me neither. Maybe Ned can drag us to it. (laughs) I have not seen that one. Well, that was the movie that the the mafia had made, and they were using the the same distribution company to distribute that and uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it turned out that. uh, when the Fed caught on and they were going to get in a lot of trouble, they sued the company for failure to be able to distribute the movie properly. That's crazy. Yeah. The more you know. Yeah. Wow. So let's back to the story of, of the film. Uh, I I really wasn't sure there at the end how they were going to how they were going to end that as far as uh, did did the last girl get killed? 
uh, or was she going to escape? I, I definitely had my mind made up that she was going to die and it was going to be like a, a film of all right, everybody dies. And uh, that's kind of the moral of the story kind of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and I like how they I, I actually like how they let her escape. Um, you know, it was it was maybe a little weak in the or at least a little confusing logically uh, how she escapes Leatherface while she's on the road. Like that that was a little weird for me, but I like the idea of how they're talking up grandpa as like the best killer and he could kill anyone in one hit. And what was it like? He killed 60 people in, in three minutes or whatever they said. Mm-hmm. And they they're putting that sledgehammer in his hand, which is a callback to how hitchhikers telling them in the car earlier that uh, killing cattle with a sledgehammer is better than that air gun that they use nowadays just because you know it was you got more connection to the cattle when you were killing them kind of thing which was creepy in its own right and so they they're giving the sledgehammer to grandpap and he can't hold it in his hands he keeps dropping it and he and he's like missing uh the girl's head and and it eventually does hit her once and they show like the back of her skull like all bloodied uh but they're so invested in grandpa getting the hit and then starting to fight over the sledgehammer because you know grandpa's not doing it and she's able to run out the door well again out a window which is mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of hilarious to me twice twice this girl just out a window mm-hmm. uh i th- i love that part of it though just just how again that mental illness that's going on there is the reason she got away oh uh, yeah you know that's, that-, that was her only way out that whole dinner scene is just hard to watch sometimes because you know like even the cook is sitting there like you know i don't do that killing stuff it's gonna be you and your brother gonna do that and you know uh but then he like you know like he says he does that little laugh and then they do those close-ups of her eyes and she's seeing everything going on and then it looks back over and he's like starts like chuckling a little bit and then uh the hitchhiker's like making fun of her doing the teary eye thing and you know it's just all these like close-ups and uncomfortable close-ups and it's just like wow and she's like you know gone crazy sitting there and then they're trying to whack her in the head with a what's the equivalent of a corpse trying to hit her in the head with a hammer Mm -hmm. yep but i will tell you this I want to see the movie about the guy, the truck driver, the eighteen-wheeler driver that uh, yeah. runs away. What happened to him? He just yeah. he was like, nope, and just kept running. He's like, so that's nope. that. That's kind of what I was talking about. Where I I, I kind of lost it a little bit there because the truck, the eighteen-wheeler pulls over, gets out, sees what's going on, gets back in, pulls her in, shuts the door, and he could have just pulled away. At that point, right? I mean, sure, Leatherface was hitting the, the side of the vehicle with the uh, the chainsaw, but the chainsaw wasn't doing anything other than scraping the paint up. You know what I mean? But if you uh-huh. were on the other side of that, would you know that it's not penetrating it? Well, maybe not, but I also know that I'm in a, a huge-ass vehicle and that I'm probably more safe in that huge vehicle than back out on the road with this maniac. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I uh... that that was kind of odd to me. And then, and then the fact that when that to to uh Jason's point when the truck driver gets out and he hits him with that uh wrench uh it hits Leatherface with the wrench and Leatherface gets up and starts chasing after the girl again he just books it down the street mm-hmm. <laughs> you have no idea where he's where he's at he's or like, where nope, he ends up or yep 
like, I like, yeah. I, I want to think that he he went on to become the truck driver in the Rob Zombie remake of Halloween. That uh, mm. it ends up having the fight with um, Michael Myers inside the bathroom stall. Mm, gotcha. The Ken, For- the Ken Forey character. Mm-hmm. I want to think that, that, that that's him. Do you think they're in the same universe? Or you're just hoping? You just hoping I'm, I'm just hoping. I'm just hoping because that that's in my mind. Like, you know, he 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 took on uh, Leatherface and won. So he's like, you know, when Michael Myers gets up there, it's like. Brother, I seen people who put masks on their face made of real people skin. I ain't afraid of you. I, I like to think. I mean, that's a cool, cool thought. I've I've not seen that, of course, because I don't watch movies ever, as you know. Uh, but yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. The I I know, like just from watching Scream, I appreciated a lot of the uh, the references they did to other film genres or other other scary movies. Like that was cool, and I it's cool though that others make references or. Or can oh, you yeah. have. Yeah. There's tons of Easter eggs in a lot of different, you know, movies and stuff like that that pays tribute or homage to some. Uh so yeah, overall I loved everything I talked about. Uh just some funny anecdotes, uh, of course. This this uh film was not very uh wheelchair friendly. Uh they no. <laughs> there there's definitely a lot of times where I really felt bad for that guy. Just, his sister and her friends, like Oh, we're going to go and look, look at the house. And they just leave him out in this bumpy ass yard in his, in his wheelchair. And yep. out in that, like what, hundred and some degree heat. Cause they, they make a whole big thing about how hot it is. Right. And they're just like, yep, have fun out there. You know, no, no, no thought about him at all. The whole, the whole thing with that truck driving by while he's out pissing and a bottle and rolling down the hill. Seemed kind of, kind of odd. A little forced. Uh, yeah, well, forced and like why? Like, like what, whatever that truck flung at them, which looked like it was just dirt. Uh, I don't know if that would have did enough like impact to knock him down a hill, for God's sake. But. Well, was it that, or did he get scared and then like kind of just shift his body around and that I, pushed it I down? I guess, but just yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really didn't really mean much to me. No, uh, as far as the film goes. Uh, and then uh, <clears throat> to be honest, when when the uh, narrator. Was it the narrator or the storyteller? Because there were two different people. The one I think at the beginning they were talking about uh, the the kids going out to the um, cemetery and how they had their invalid uh, brother with them. I I had never seen the word invalid written before, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What's an invalid brother?" <laughs> so <laughs> so I I was looking up like, "What is it?" And then so yeah, I, then I found out that's not a it's not a good term to use nowadays. No, uh, much like a lot of a lot of the terminology they used for folks with handicaps back then. So, yeah, I mean, it's a sign of the time of the film that nothing I don't hold anything against it. It's just that's yeah, the first time I've ever, ever seen it written. So I just again another another anecdote. Um, but overall, overall, I'm, I was very happy with this film. What about you guys? What do you, anything I didn't touch on that you want to add? Well, I mean, honestly, um, I didn't know how you would respond to this. I mean, I knew you had played the game and had some exposure to the character so i thought it might be good for you to like see the story behind the game and what we're doing there so yeah i'm actually very surprised you overall liked it which honestly it's one of those films that you know kind of set a precedence for other films to follow and i think they did a very good job many have tried to reproduce that family dinner scene and have not come even close to what that has been. Right. 
Right. It's honestly uh, the dinner scene kind of even reminded me of um, uh, Resident Evil Six. Uh, it was six, six, the one I played in VR, right? I think so. Uh, where the uh, seven, sorry, where the families at the dinner table, and uh-huh. uh, yeah, kind of, kind of give me vibes from this film. Uh, I'll tell you, overall, like this wasn't so much a scary film to me, more than it was like a psychological thing, uh, which definitely didn't do my anxiety any favors. But I, it wasn't. I don't know. It was it wasn't like over the top. And I think I think why I was able to get through this is to uh, Jason's point is that it wasn't overly gory. You know, it was more of a a feeling of what would you do if you were in this situation? Because mm-hmm. there were there were no constants or anything that were anything that made sense. It was all random and sporadic. And right. like that, that's hard to react against, you know. And in a lot of cases, the actors were not great. I think the family had probably the best actors in there, but the others were kind of just like placeholders. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I think people can be like, Oh, if I was in their shoes type of situation, you know? Right. Right. I mean, there, there's, there's definitely the tropes of why are you walking into some stranger's house? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, like don't go in there. And uh, they, they added, they added though, that, that again, unpredictability of, uh, the the girl being locked into the freezer and kind of knocking mm-hmm. and like when they open it she like jumps out like that that was creepy and I loved it and but yeah they, they definitely I mean and like other films like Friday the Thirteenth and you know these 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 teens or, or young adults were definitely just cannon fodder <laughs> and right. oh. so I I didn't really expect a whole lot from them yeah uh, you know this did to your point about them just walking into the house this is the this movie was the definition of fuck around, find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen to that. Oh, yeah, let's just go into somebody's house and, you know, see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I love, yeah. I love too, there's always that trope of, oh, uh, Daniel, quit quit screwing around with me. I know it's you. <laughs> Some yeah. random person's house. Oh, I know it's my best friend in here just screwing around with me. Like, that, that, yeah. that's wild to me. Uh, like, yeah, if my, if my friends were missing and they were potentially in this like old abandoned house, uh, good luck with them. I'm going back to the car, you know? So sorry if you guys are forever, uh, wherever being hunted down or whatever, but you're on your own at that point. Very nice. So, so Warlock, anything you'd add? No, I, this movie is just one of those definite, you know, tis the season since we're here we're on the cusp of Halloween. This is one of those. those. But we're yeah. at the end of October. Oh, so this is the perfect season. This is Texas Chainsaw Massacre season. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I own this movie, and I own all the sequels, remakes, prequels, all that crap that's out. And they, you know, let's just be honest, they have not been able to, to replicate what happened in 1974 with this film. It's just I not happened. Two thousand three's remake is probably the closest thing. But honestly, they were really trying to just be inspired by the original and kind of do their own thing. Yeah, the 2003 one. Was that the one? Um... Jessica Biel. Okay, the Michael Bay film. Yeah, yeah. he produced it. Or had yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, the, 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 yeah, without bringing in other movies, but, you know, the, the, seek, the true quote-unquote sequel to this film, the Netflix uh, version that came mm. out, yeah, you know this. It, it just it just didn't work. But you're right. You know that Jessica Bill uh, film was eh, all right. 
I mean, they followed this up with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which was like the poster was the breakfast, making fun of the Breakfast Club and all that stuff. And they right. wanted to make it more of a comedy, a horror comedy than a horror movie. And yeah, they, they missed the mark on it. They, no one has been able to replicate this. This is one no. of those movies that even today, there's no way you could make that movie today. There's no way you could make Taste of Chainsaw Massacre the way it is in this one now. There's just no way. You know, um, For but, many reasons, not only like the actual human skeletons that are in the film. Right. But also the... Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank God. I think it was something what... Uh, they could get skeletons from India um, and they used them on set. Yeah, it was the same thing for uh, what was that movie? Uh, Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. They used actual human skeletons in the uh, swimming pool scene. Are you serious? Yep. Yeah. What? What? I mean, why didn't we talk about that? <laughs> we did a little bit. It was mostly <laughs> like speculation and people on set. And we also talked about how there was the cursed films thing. Well, yeah, I know about the curse thing, but I, I didn't know there was actual skeletons they used. Well, oh, I said that during there. It's like it's either because of, you know, the girls that died or the skeletons on the set. Oh, uh, well, you said skeletons on set. I thought you just meant like, oh, it's spooky. Like, I didn't no. actually know you meant like human remains. Mm -hmm. Good God. Oh, those are different times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, one, one thing I want to add to uh, as we're talking about this when i was gonna watch this i was my like my niece and nephew are big into like they want to start watching horror films and i didn't i didn't want them to watch this because i wasn't sure what it was gonna be mm -hmm. uh, like i i know even in the 90s but like horror films especially when it's like there's a killer against like these young adults and stuff a lot of times it's they're they're banging in like the yard or whatever and they're naked and something right. like that might not be appropriate and i honestly when they uh the one couple goes to look for that creek to go cool off i fully expected there to be a scene like that but i but there wasn't right so i i appreciate that this film was again all psychological and not necessarily sexual or sexualized in any way either like it, this was just straight up like screw with your mind yeah, and, and, and let's just be fair. This movie is the reason why we get the incredibly bad acting from uh, Matthew McConaughey in the uh, follow-up films. True. <laughs> Maybe next spooky season you can drag <laughs> me to that one just because I want to see that scene. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's worth it, but maybe. It's worth it. Totally oh, worth it. Is it? We'll, br we'll bring Jason back for that one. <laughs> oh, my God. So, <laughs> so one of the things that like really stands out to me is Marilyn Burns has some of the greenest eyes mm -hmm. I've ever seen. Yeah, that's true. And you get an extreme close up of them multiple times. Uh -huh. Oh my god, yeah. Which that alone I think was uh, kind of creepy. And then honestly, the cook, um, kind of speaking back at the bipolarness, like there's part of the dinner table where he's like laughing along and then he realizes like oh wait i don't i don't do this and it, it almost seemed like when he approached the house you know he was really given the hitchhiker shit and kind of beating him down acting like that authority character that runs the family and ultimately like just turns that off and he becomes the submissive one uh and the hitchhiker starts to kind of take control right yeah so that was always something i thought was kind of a little weird and then 
as you mentioned, Franklin, um, he's kind of, uh, you know, a little bit sympathetic, but then he has that like really nasty fit where once he has that fit, everyone's like, all right, kill this guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, you know, in this movie, also, the fact that it's an allegory for the war or the uh, Vietnam War was also mm-hmm. a, a big thing. Like, you know, you going back to your thing about her eyes, you know, I remember an article written about it, like that she it was a symbol symbolic thing like she's now seeing the horrors of what's going on it's like with the war going on back then you didn't see the images on tv you didn't know what was going on so people were kind of like okay well you know that's not bothering me that's over there you're not seeing the brutality the gruesomeness and all that stuff and now she's seeing it and she's uh, living it and there's no safety there of knowing it's not over there. And, you know, this also went to that whole idea of this movie being like an anti-meat kind of mm-hmm. conversation is, you know, we're fine with what eating our McNuggets and our burgers from uh, McDonald's and stuff like that. Until you actually see how the meat is made. Well, she's now seeing what's happening here at this uh, slaughterhouse. And now she doesn't have the luxury of just turning her eyes. She has to see the barbaric uh, nature of what's being uh, put in front of her. She's not getting to live in a civilized world anymore. Right. There's a reason why Quentin Tarantino says this is a perfect horror movie. So do you guys, do you guys have like, is there a documentary on this or something? Cause you guys, you guys have a lot of, uh, anecdotes to add yeah. about this film so i'm curious if there's anything you recommend uh for the listeners or for myself really just to because mm. everything you're spitting out about this film is very interesting the, I know. the dvd had a behind the scenes mm-hmm. like a commentary track that went along with it yep uh i remember that i have that uh, uh dvd as well um, i wonder if it's online i'm just uh i don't know if that one is i know the 2003 movie had a documentary with it and they did a very good job of talking about the new film, but the old film as well. So I think that's on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to try to look that up. And if, if we if I find something good uh, when we post this episode, I'll, I'll be sure we, we add something out there too for you guys as kind of like a, a secondary to it. Yeah. There, I, I, uh, I just found like the audio version of the commentary so you can listen to it, but you would have to play the movie yourself. It's just a black screen. Right. But uh, yeah, just put uh, it up on another screen. Listen to the audio. Oh, so the commentary went over the the video. It wasn't uh-huh. going like right. it wasn't like a bonus. Okay. Yeah, it was like uh, they I were watching you. it and talking about it while it was going on on screen. It's kind of crazy to think. I mean, I I haven't bought physical media in forever, but I forgot that that was a thing. <laughs> movies. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It uh, your commentary. Gunnar Hansen was such a nice guy. I remember I met him two times. And both times, it was before I was really, really into horror. He was at a convention two years in a row that I went to. The first year I went by, I saw the uh, Leatherface mask sit on his table, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's that guy in that movie, the the horror movie. Yeah, that that I, I've erased from my memory. And I was like, at that time, I was just a autograph hound. So I was just like, well, I'm going to get his autograph. It's cheap. So I go over there and he's like, are you a fan of the movie? I was like, no, I I can't say I have seen it. He's like, oh, well, here, can I sign one to your mom, too? And I was like, sure. And then he's like, oh, you got a a camera? And I had one of those old video cameras, like the big black ones that sat on your shoulder. 
you know, this was back. He had a VHS tape inside of it. So he was like, all right, I want you to record this. And he was like, Sadi, and he like uh, put the mask on front and goes, uh, it started this whole diatribe about how my mom was such a great person for keeping me from watching horror movies and <laughs> not corrupting me. And then he was <laughs> like, see, look at me. I wear this mask. It smelled like shit. It just kept going through this whole big spiel. That's awesome. And the next yeah. year I went, uh, he was at the same area, but the guy sitting right next to him was, he's not a celebrity. Let's just put it that way. He's, okay, the comic book series Spawn. You know that uh, series, the comic books that came out from yeah, Harlan? Well, for a long time, what's the main character's name in that one? It's Spawn, but what was his character, his real life name? Uh, wasn't it Al Simmons? Al Simmons, yeah, that's right. Al Simmons. Well, the guy was Al Simmons. He was uh, Todd McFarlane's college roommate, and that's who he named Spawn after was Al Simmons. So Al Simmons is sitting there signing autographs, and uh, uh, Gunner was sitting there, and uh, I was getting Al Simmons, yes, autograph, and then he was like wanting to be videotaped and recorded. So him and Gunner did this whole big schmooze thing together. I wish I could find the tape because I don't remember what they said. All I remember was it was hilarious. But they started going through this whole big thing. And I remember the only thing I remember is Al Simmons says that he was the uh, truck driver that ran away. Which it wasn't. He he, he was joking, <laughs> but still. See, we made up. I remember yes. that. We made up. <laughs> um, But Gunner was always like really nice and talkative and just wanted to have stuff conversations with people who were fans or hell he wouldn't have conversations with you even if you weren't a fan yeah i just saw he passed away in 2015 yeah yeah huh. yeah he seems just looking at his uh, imdb photo he's, he looks like a pretty jovial guy yep yep it looks yep. like too he only played leatherface in the first one well yep. the first one and then in 2013 it looks like he cameoed he was uh, uh he was uh in that one let's see he uh what who was the next one r.a mihaioff was the next uh, Leatherface, right? Which and, Marilyn Burns also made an appearance in that one too. Yeah, but uh, R.A. is the one that my daughter's met. She loves him because he's like a big cuddly teddy bear. He's not. <laughs> she thinks he is. That's funny. That's funny. You know, in in hindsight, uh, Gunner saying that your mom was the best for not making you watch uh, horror stuff. How does it make you feel that Gray is into the horror tropes? <laughs> Here's the thing about my kid. My kid doesn't watch horror movies. I don't let her watch horror movies. I let her know what the characters are when she sees them because it's like near impossible to keep uh, a kid from seeing who these characters are. Yeah, you may not let them watch. You may not let them watch Jason kill a person, but they're going to know that Jason is the guy with a hockey mascot. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. She may not know who Leatherface is and what he does, but she knows that that's Leatherface. I mean, she, for God's sake, she has a little uh, plushie of Leatherface in her bedroom. <laughs> that's if, so she cool. only, if she only knew. Hmm. Oh, she will someday. Yep. Probably in another five years. So one of the other things that I just kind of want to touch upon before we kind of wrap this up, the old Franklin home being very, very close to this other home. And, you know, the grandpa being so successful with killing, they had no idea this entire time. Growing up as kids, playing there down by the little creek. Yeah, I mean, thoughts on that? 
to me that kind of I don't know, kind of spoke to that they might have been there more when they were like younger, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe this hap- this started happening a little later, but I guess I guess technically not, right? Cuz grandpa was so much better than that, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> they they kind of show when they're approaching the house all of those old vehicles uh right. you know covered up so that they've been doing maybe it for they're a just bit. that good at keeping them covered up you know and um, they were camouflaged so yeah yeah potentially I, and there's all there's also the case too of a lot of times like I, people that live out in the country like that they don't they don't necessarily interact you know right people are people they try are in their own location and that's it sometimes right you you so. speak you speak to me like i don't know this i live in the country well, I do I, soon, but I live in the area where you know you don't see anybody for miles and miles and miles. Right, right, and honestly, we don't know how far they they walked either to that house, right? Because it's yeah. it's all cutscene stuff. There is so. definitely a lot of like her running through the woods and stuff, which could be for an extended period of time. So, granted, right. that that all could be true, but yeah. it's just well, something I mean, that yeah. like I. When I was watching it this time, I was like, that, they're not that far away, I don't think. Yeah, well, I, you figure, too, though, they had the cover of the gas station as a business, right? Right. Um, in real life, when you hear about, you know, murders and stuff, it's always, oh, he lived next to me for years, and I had no idea, kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if it was necessarily a stretch, at least in my mind, but uh, it is a good point, though. And I honestly, like, to that that point as well the whole generator running right. uh i also wondered did the generator kind of work also as a cover from the sounds happening oh, yeah. on the inside yeah. you know was it just electricity or was it also to cover screams because that would that would also help mm-hmm. makes you just wonder just how many times people screwed up and went to this house yeah right true especially if they were marked at the gas station or a hitchhiker found them along the road so is there anything else you guys have to add? Just my score. All right. What do you want to give the score was? I'm gonna I'm gonna land on this one at a uh, four and a half out of five. Oh damn. Yeah. I I mean again, scary movies are not my my bag, baby. But mm-hmm. uh, I this one was well done. It's one of those things that if I'm having like an anxious day or something, I'm not gonna watch this. But right, right. Uh, it's 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 good. I, I really liked it. Good. Warlock, do you have a score? Oh, it's a five out of five. Perfect. Five out of five for you? Oh, yeah. yeah. This is nice. this is by far the most, uh, the best horror film around. Yeah, I mean, just the grittiness to it. It's so good. I, I settled personally at a 4.5 out of five myself. Nice. So, yeah, I, I definitely... I don't necessarily watch this one every year. Um, I'm actually itching to watch the uh, 2003 version uh, for October. So I will probably be doing that at some point in the near future. Very cool. Yeah, I, I, I totally understand Warlock's perception of this being a five out of five, uh, especially with with horror being your uh, your whole uh, persona, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. not, not that you it is your persona, but I mean, it's a big part of your life, right? So. Uh-huh. Uh, I could I can definitely see this being a foundational uh building block of that. So I I totally respect that five out of five. Agreed. And I, I also I just I can't the way 
this movie was shot on such a low budget and the impact it has like even nowadays it it's amazing to be able to do that and i know yeah. warlock in particular you've mentioned this where you do hold movies accountable for their effects and stuff even mm-hmm. to this day and this is one that kind of kind of bypasses that but because it didn't show a lot it did what it needed to and made an impact oh it it definitely makes you think hey you know am i that desensitized to violence that my mind is just filling in the blanks that much am i that messed up that my mind just fills in the blanks and says oh my god Mm -hmm. he cut that guy in half did he yeah and then you go back and you watch it's like well you see it happening but well never shows it never shows guts on the ground never shows like you know anything like that it's like the video game i mean the start of the video game you see the chainsaw going in but you never see the guy fall apart or the girl fall apart like I think the bloodiest scenes we see is um, when Franklin dies. There's just blood splatter, and then I think as Hitchhiker is chasing her down, and he's like slashing her back. Yeah, uh, and then ultimately he gets hit by the truck. Yeah, that was probably the most gruesome part was him getting yeah. hit by the truck. Right, and that and then and then, and then that's cathartic because it's like if you're on the side of the uh, the kids, you're just like, oh, oh, cool, yes, finally he gets it. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets the worst death in the movie. But, right. you know, I will have to say, the older I get, the more I relate with the family over, over the kids. It's like, <laughs> them damn kids breaking in my house. <laughs> this college kids. Wait, you do live in the country. Uh-huh. What skeletons do you have in your closet? I'm down I'm to find out. <laughs> no, I have to come up now, remember? Oh, yeah. It's down. I'm in Tennessee. It's down wherever you are. Come on yeah. down. But I'm in Florida. It don't matter. Come on down. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So I think that's going to wrap up this episode. I know, Joe, uh, we're going to be looking to watch Gods and Generals next. Uh, the continuation after Gettysburg, which also had a lot of those. They show just enough for you to fill in the blanks type of things. Right. So yep. I'm curious to see how Gods and Generals handles uh, those things as well. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping that I'm pleasantly surprised and it holds up to Gettysburg, uh, but mm-hmm. we'll find out in the next episode. Agreed. And Warlock, do you have anything you want to promote where people can find you, get more information about you and what you do? Well, the best place to find me is at the uh, blog called zombiesinmyblog.com. I have a weekly article there in which I uh, uh, review movies. Uh, so every week is a new movie or a new TV series or just whatever else. Uh, enters my mind for the week very cool well that's gonna wrap up this episode be sure to check us out on threads and facebook at to the movies pod and uh thanks warlock and joe for joining me thanks for having me yeah it's always a pleasure to have you here jason yay all right everybody bye 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 say bye warlock bye warlock